You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. It's good to see Jose Abreu hitting so well in the postseason, even though he's playing for the Astros, and I hate the Astros. And I I saw a post, like, just the other day, some Astros fan had put up on social media about, like, all these guys are not here anymore. Why do you hate us so much? Jose Altuve is still on your team. He was like the poster child for your trash can banging. Right. Yeah, Jose Altuve is still there. Alex Bregman's still there. Right. I mean, the guy who wouldn't remove his shirt because there was a possibility there was a wire underneath him, allegedly. Like, as long as those guys are on the team, like, I get to hate you, you know? And and you know what? Don't question my hatred of your team. Your team stinks. And they're, they're, they're a bunch of cheaters. And they got caught. And I don't care what you think other people are doing. It is our right as fans to hate your guts and root against you. And I am a Rangers fan through and through with this entire thing, even though I lost money. <laughs> I lost money on game four because I really believe well, that the Rangers are going to come happens. back. I thought the Rangers were going to come back. They were down, I want to say, 3 nothing, and I bet on them to come back and they actually tied that game up. And I'm like, here we go. Nice little comeback payoff. You know, I was using the sports books uh, that you get at SaxonBasement.com. Check all that out. Uh, seriously, they have every offer on there. The, the best offers, the bonus bets. I was using a bonus bet to try to win more money. Uh, I added the bonus bet into my my wager to see if I could kind of pump it up a little bit. And then, of course, Abreu goes off and hits a home run, and th- that was it. Now, you know, I'm still happy for him. He's having a great postseason. He wouldn't have made a difference, though, Ed, to the White Sox in the regular season because he's old and he's dropping off. He's just a guy with experience in the postseason getting another crack at it, and he's not wasting his moment. No, I mean, in the regular season, his his 18 home runs, his 237 average, 680 OPS, that's not going to that's not gonna move the needle for the White Sox. It, it, it's nice because he was such an important part of the team for so long, for his entire career, but no, this is this is what happens in the postseason, right? This is, this is Kirk Gibson for the Dodgers, whose body is given up on him, but he still has that one really, really amazing home run moment in him. You know, this is this is a guy who is just getting a chance to put the cherry on top of his career, and he's not missing his opportunity. He's, he's, he's doing what he needs to do to have a nice postseason to help the Astros along. And, yes, we do hate the Astros now, and it's partially because they've been there in the playoffs for so many years in a row. And, you know, I'm sorry, if you're an Astros fan right now, you got to understand, yeah, we hate your guts because the rest of the league doesn't like s- sustained success, right? I- I'm kind of hoping that White Sox fans become hated at some point for that very reason. Yeah. And not, not whatever reasons people hate us now. So I, I want people to hate us. I want people to be like, Oh, the Sox always win. What a bunch of jerks. I, I'm I a, hate the South side, always winning everything. They get all the good players. I want to run into people like at an airport bar and be sitting there in my Sox hat and somebody goes, oh, you're from Chicago and you're a Sox fan. And I go, yeah. And he goes, oh, you're just a front runner. Like, wouldn't that be like great? Like, oh, right. I, I always root for the Cubs because at least at least their fans care and I feel bad for them because they always lose. But you White Sox, you're always winning. Like, I would love that kind of hatred. Pour that hatred oh, on me. It'd be beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Yes, come on, dump, dump that on me like a like a 
bucket of water right, right now. Just, right. just let it let it splash over me and, and cleanse me, please. Yeah. Like I want Cork and Carrie at the park to be like the epicenter of just fans that everybody else hates, right? Like I want people to drive by and be like, oh, it's a cesspool of a bunch of winners that love to rub it in our faces that their team is so good for so many years. Like, that would be incredible as you're dining on an award-winning burger, uh, two-for-one on Mondays when you dine in, the extensive bar with rotation of craft beers, familiar favorite spirits and wines, and uh, also do not forget about the traditional Irish bar on Western Avenue, the original Cork and Carry in Beverly. Uh, check that out in the Beverly neighborhood as well and see more at corkandcarry.com. But Abreu, to me, like, you look at his career, He's a good ball player, right? He's a good ball yeah, player. Is. You look at his baseball card, you say, here's a guy who accomplished some things. He's got an MVP. But you look at what he did this year, and I, I don't get the argument that I see from some Sox fans, like, oh, they should have kept him. No, he was falling off. It's obvious he was falling off. First, the home runs went down. He only had 18 this year. He had 15 last year. He's no longer a 30 home run guy. That's not what he is. And then the average came. Goes from 304 last year to 237. Goes from an 824 OPS to a 680 for the season. Oh, he had to adjust to a new team. Really? That's what you're going with? Over 162 games, there's that much of a disparity? He's 36 years old. You're right. He's like Kirk Gibson. He That's what they went out and signed. They wanted a veteran who was hungry to win because when you have teams that have been to the top of the mountain, you need to find guys who are hungry veterans that have a little bit left in the tank that are going to be the heart that pulls them through. I mean, I, I want to say that we just we just saw a thing on one of the, I think it was on the Fox pregame, whichever one it's the one that's got Ortiz and Jeter and and Alex Rodriguez. And 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 they were talking about how hard it is after you've won. How hard it is to kind of like get that motivation back. We just think that like it's a normal thing. All right, you're in the playoffs, go win, right? You need that. That's what Abreu brings to the Astros. He's that guy who hasn't won, has a chip on his shoulder, has something to prove, has accomplished so much in his career that this is really the only thing he cares about right now. And then you get that kind of output from him. That's what they paid the money for. It wasn't for the regular season. It was for what he's doing right now. Yeah, and the idea that he is still an all-star, he is still an MVP candidate, he is still... You know, the guy that White Sox fans remember or that he would have hit better in, you know, he would have hit better had his home park still been on the south side as opposed to going and hitting it, you know, in Houston. No, I mean, his strikeouts are up, his walks are down, the average is down. You know, I'm sure if we looked at the advanced metrics, there's probably some stuff with the barrel rate and the hard hit and all that stuff. I, I You know, there's not really much point in parsing through all of it and sitting there saying that this is, this is what he is or this is what he isn't or, you know, this was just a down year. The fact is, is that at his age, at 36 years old, you're bound to see some drop off. The nice thing for the White Sox to do for Abreu, if they were not going to compete this year, and I know the Sox expected to compete this year, but it's at least as a fan of his, you should take solace in the fact that he did go to a perennial playoff contender, that he didn't just sign with like the Pirates or something like that, where they just wanted quote unquote veteran leadership that the Astros at least recognize that this is a guy that brings that hunger to win. This is a guy that brings that experience. He's going to be unflappable in big moments. So you get down to the Rangers, but here's Jose Abreu. He's still in it. He's still doing what he needs to do. And they were willing to put up with whatever he gave them in the regular season because they didn't require it. The difference for the White Sox was going to be if he had this kind of a year, 
this is a year you cannot have him do this on the White Sox roster because he was expected to be, if he stayed here, your number three hitter, your number four hitter, a guy who was going to hit 30 home runs, a guy who was going to hit, you know, at least 285, right? Not 237. It would have been a huge, a huge downfall for the team to have his bat out there every day and, you know, and and not giving us an opportunity. I know it sounds weird to say this because we, we kind of bagged on, on, you know, the development of their players, but Honestly, I, I it would have just sent Andrew Vaughn back even further if he had to have another year of trying to make it work in right field or splitting at bats in the DH role. So I don't I don't have any qualms. I had no qualms about them letting letting Jose Abreu walk because I think you and I saw this, and I think I think the drop in home runs from 30 down to 15 last year, and the drop in RBIs from 117 the year before to 75. Just the fact that he was not the same player in terms of the the counting stats and the numbers when he was in his final year, what turned out to be his final year with the Sox in 2022, made it all that much more palatable that 2023 was going to be yet another year that even if he had maintained what he did in 22 was not what the Sox needed to be paying for. It was not what they needed to move, move their needle forward at all. They're just not the same kind of a team where they can take on a veteran who's falling off. This is why we talk about what to do with Tim Anderson, because this White Sox team cannot watch Tim Anderson fall off any further than he's fallen off because they don't have the support around him to take care of it. This is why Yasmani Grandal needed to be gone. This is why this team needs to rebuild with either younger versions of veterans that, that we're talking about or needs to, you know, find it in in the youth and find it in what they have in the farm system for whatever that's worth. The good news is that now the Astros have taken care of business by giving two losses to the Rangers. And now everybody has at least two losses. And 05 continues to be the most dominating run through the postseason ever. And the the Yankees did it in in the 90s, but nobody really cares about them. So congratulations to the 05 team. Another year in which the White Sox continue to be the most dominating run ever through the postseason. You want to talk about dominance. Let's talk about window and door superstore of Oak Forest dominating the entire industry of exterior windows, doors, patio doors, storm doors. And they do it because unlike everybody else, they're not sitting in your living room or at your kitchen table. They're not bringing in some dingy example window. They're not bringing in a magazine to go over things. They're not sitting there saying, act now because when I get back to the showroom, uh, this deal won't be here anymore. No, instead, You go and see them in Oak Forest. They've been doing it this way for 40 years, since 1985. Owners are in the showroom on site. They use their own installers. They don't farm out the work. And you get to see everything full size on display, all the etchings, all the extras, so you can see what it's going to look like in your home. All major brands, custom made, no stock items for a perfect fit. They are a half block east of 159th and Ridgeland at 6280 159th Street. See more at windowdooroakforest.com. I went to the Bears game this past weekend. I know this show comes out on a weekend. I went I went to the game against Minnesota. And I don't normally bring up football. We 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 are not Bears in the basement. We are not here to discuss Tyson Badgett's first start and whether or not he should be QB1 over Justin Fields. I don't I don't even know who he is. Like he took the field and I was like, "Who's this guy?" Like I I didn't even I didn't even know who the backup quarterback was. I know that Chicago loves the backup quarterback at all times. I, I didn't I didn't even know who he was. Okay. Just say he's he's 2023 Mike Tomczak. Right. He gets so. the ball out quicker 
and he underthrows deep passes. I, I could see that just sitting there. And I was in the eighth row at the 45-yard line because we got gifted some incredible seats, right? And we were surrounded by by Viking fans because we were uh, right behind the Viking bench. So we were right there surrounded by Viking fans. But that's not why I'm bringing this up. I'm bringing, I'm bringing up the game experience because I was comparing it the entire day to going to a Sox game. Now, you go down Lakeshore Drive or however you work your way over there to that to that stadium and and you go see the bears play at soldier field it is a mess in terms of how the streets are set up in terms of how the parking lots are laid out it should be a disaster and yet it seems so much easier to get in and out than getting in and out of a game at the rate and then after that when you know we get ourselves pulled into a lot and we park and we 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 work our way over to the stadium the ticket lines aren't bad. The process of walking through and getting your ticket scanned is not bad. It was not difficult to scan the parking pass and things moved quicker. There's enough staff when you're there. There's no ridiculousness as you're, as you're walking through the park where I'm constantly pulling out my ticket to prove where I'm at. And we had great seats, right? Like we had great seats. Like early on, they wanted to make sure I was supposed to be in that section. Okay, fine. But then they were learning that I like that's where I was and nobody was stopping me while I was carrying three beers back to the seat. So, I mean, like it just the entire efficiency of everything was so much better. And it proved to me, I mean, that stadium's bigger than the rate. And yet they do a very good job of getting people in, getting them out, not hassle them too much with having to pull out their phones, with getting scanned constantly when they're doing things. The Like I said, the line going through the security gate, everything was so much smoother in and out in a car, everything was so much better. I It boggles the mind how bad it is over at the rate. Look, there are things that I don't like about Soldier Field. I, I did not like the fact that it felt like there weren't enough bathrooms. I do not like the food selection very much. It's not that good. The, the food selection's better at the rate than what it is over there. there. There are things that I love better about the rate, but the efficiency of getting people in and out was, was just astounding to me. They had a giveaway and they were finding a way to give everybody the little headbands that they were supposed to get, right? And they weren't holding up the line and it wasn't backed out into the parking lot and you weren't standing there going, how, how am I ever going to get inside of this place? It's impressive to me to see that. And it also depresses me when you think to yourself, what is the White Sox excuse? Like, why can't they do it right? And anytime they have a big crowd or anytime they have a giveaway, it's a disaster there. I mean, I could, I could hear... The, the the counter to that ringing in my ears and it comes down to money right 80 games 82 games whatever it is for the white Sox because i mean obviously you, you can factor in playoffs there if you really want to i don't know you know when that's going to happen again but the the idea that the Sox have to put up with more games and have to pay staff for more games, and they have to have more food available, and they have to have more beer available, and more, it just, you know, the operation of a baseball season is so much longer than the operation of a football season that they can't afford to staff it as well as Soldier Field gets staffed for, you know, the, the half a football season that they're, they're on the hook for. But you can go to other Major League Baseball stadiums and it works better. And that's that's where it falls apart, right? Is is that the other the other aspect of it is is that Bears games are pretty much always sold out. Even though the Bears have been abysmal, they they, they generally speaking have a full stadium, right? You maybe get into like some of the weather games where it's like, God, it's brutal out and we're just not going to do this. But even then, NFL fans tend to travel, right? So like you said, you were sitting around a bunch of, of Vikings fans. 
and that's not by accident because you know yeah people from minnesota are going to come down and try and see a, a you know see the the vikings play in chicago it's really not hard to figure out that all it really is is that the bears just put more emphasis on making sure that the fan experience at soldier field is as good as they can get it does that mean that they couldn't improve the food selection sure does that mean that the stadium was designed well we already know the answer to that question, and that's why they're looking to move to Arlington Heights or move to somewhere else in the city or whatever it is they're going to do with that stadium. But we, we, at the end of the day, we know that the Bears really do just want to make sure that the fans have a good game experience because it's extremely important to them to have that happen. And you can complain about the McCaskies all you want. You complain about the product on the field, but it really isn't something where you ever hear bears fans sit there and say, God, I just hate going to soldier field. I hate going to the games. I hate having to put up with all the things that, that we have to put up with. I feel like he get treated better. At those. You and I spent this season when, when games are sparsely populated because people aren't showing up because there's no reason to watch what the white Sox are doing. You and I are still complaining about having issues, getting into the stadium, having issues with parking, Having to, like you said, having to have your ticket checked every five minutes by anybody in, on on the staff to make sure you're where you're supposed to be. I mean, it's it's just it's an intrusive experience. And then on top of it, when it's poorly run, when it's poorly organized, it feels bad. It's it just it is kind of hard to get in and out of the stadium. It is it is a rough experience when you go in and you hear things like, you know, they're were a bunch of people who went in through gate five who didn't get the, the, the promotional giveaway. But then on the other side of the stadium where like four people walked in, they had boxes and boxes of it sitting left over. And, and you just, you know, it's like, well, nobody was there to run it from one gate to the other. No one's there paying attention to like, where's everybody lining up? Let's make sure we got enough stuff. And even things like the playoffs against the Astros a couple years ago where game three was staffed. Game three had the special yeah. towels. Game three had everything open. Game three had all the food, all the beer. Game three was they were ready for playoff baseball. Game four was a plain black towel because nobody thought they were going to win game three, obviously, and they didn't want to waste the money. Game four was uh, the, the half the places were closed in there. Game four, they were short on food. Game four, there were some places where people were complaining they were out of beer, right? They had run out of certain brands of it. Like there was such it, a it's difference. Just, yeah. yeah. And that's the White Sox way. That's the problem. That's the White Sox way, man. Like it's, it's not, it's a, it, the biggest problem with the Sox is that they do something wrong and then they just continue to do it wrong, right? Like you would never run a business where you do something wrong repeatedly over and over and over again and never take a step back and say, you know what? There's probably a better way that we could run this. Maybe we'd actually save money doing it. You know, like we have, we have Butch Zemar comes in here from EliteBenefits.net. He comes over to the bar every once in a while. This is what this guy does. He helps out small businesses, helps out big businesses, helps out individuals when it comes to your health insurance. Open enrollment's going on right now, and it doesn't matter if you've already started it, okay? Sometimes the process is, let's see what we can fix this year, and then in the long term, how do we find a way to reduce cost? How do we find a way to make your employees happier so they stick around? How do we find a way to make it less expensive, not only for them, but for you and your company? And on a personal level, how do you get good health insurance, but make sure you're getting what you need and not paying for things that you don't need? And that's why I got to reach out to Butch. 708-535-3006 or reach out to him at EliteBenefits.net. So, you know, what's funny is I wonder if Butch came in and talked to Jerry 
if he could make Jerry understand something, and that is that White Sox fans, as fans, we wouldn't be sitting there chanting, sell the team, Jerry, if like going to the ballpark was a huge, amazing pleasure, even if the team on the field wasn't always doing what we wanted to do. Like if, if you could go to that ballpark and it was super easy to get in and out of and the food was great and, you know, there was a lot to do and a lot to look at and it was comfortable and, you know, the fan experience, the interaction and everything was great. I think there'd be people that are a lot more forgiving, right? Don't you think like, wouldn't you be a lot more forgiving if Jerry was like, I love my fans. I'm so sorry we can't put a winner on the field. Joining me on the phone line right now, you hear the music, you know the man. He puts all the tidbits up on the scoreboard at the rate, and then he comes on this program and tries out new and interesting things when it comes to the White Sox in Major League Baseball. He is the Sox nerd, Dave Marin. How are you, nerd? Fantastic, Chris. How are you? I'm hanging in, man. I, I just want to get through playoff baseball. Like, I'm enjoying it because it's 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 thrilling, but I want to get back to White Sox business, and I and, and we need to wait until after all the excitement's over before we can find out what they're doing this offseason. What do you got for us this week? Chris, let's continue with our under-the-radar and alphabetical look at the 2023 White Sox, shall we? We left off at Benintendi, so let's pick up with Aaron Bummer, probably one of the most maddening performers in recent Sox history. Among all of his frustrations is the fact that Bummer can strike out batters. The lefty became the first pitcher in Sox history to average at least 10.1 strikeouts per nine innings in four consecutive seasons in 2023. Bummer averaged 12 Ks per nine inning in 2023 after averaging 10.1 in 2022, 12.0 in 2021, and 13.5 in 2020. Now, if he can only get everything else straightened out. Next, how about... Jake Berger. The slugger became the first player since Ron Kittle in 1990 to finish second on the White Sox in homers without finishing the season with the team. Berger's 25 homers were bested only by Luis Robert Jr.'s 38 on the 2023 White Sox. Berger, of course, was sent to Miami on August 1st for minor league pitcher Jake Etter. Kittle was the last player to be the Sox homer runner-up while not ending the season on the south side. Kitty hit 16 homers in 1990 before being dealt to Baltimore for Phil Bradley on July 30th. He finished second in Sox homers to Carlton Fisk's 18 that season. Next, Dylan Cease. The righty posted a 0.79 ERA and 12.1 innings against reigning World Series champion Houston in 2023. You have to go back to 1990 to find a Sox pitcher who had a lower ERA with more innings against the champs. That season, Eric King registered a 0.62 ERA in 14.2 innings while winning both of his starts against Oakland, which defeated the Giants in the 1989 Fall Classic. By the way, Chris, as you know, all these nuggets are posted as I come up with them on my blog, which you can link to at SoxInTheBasement.com. My zinger? Chris, take it from a man who knows. The pitch clock works. Anecdotally, as a person who was at every Sox home game and watched the majority of the road games, I can tell you the timer has been a rousing success. The games in 2023 were well-paced and featured less, let's call it, fussing around. Statistically, the clock accomplished its goal of shortening games for the Sox. In 2023, the Sox average time of game was 2 hours and 42 minutes. It was 3.08 in 2022. That's 26 minutes of our lives that we got back. 
the last time the Sox had a shorter average time of game than they did in 2023 was in 1980 when it was 2:37. That's it, Chris. More than you wanted to know about the bummer, departed homers, and time. Also on SoxInTheBasement.com, along with the Sox Nerds blog, uh, we also have a link to all the Sox in the Basement sports books. Uh, do you ever do any betting, Sox Nerd? I do not. I love everything about betting. Like I love the I love looking at the point spreads and the over unders and the bad beats. But as somebody once said to me, he who gambles lives in shambles. So I try to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up 500 bucks this month. I don't know about you. So, I mean, I guess if you're, if you're, if you're nervous, like the nerd, don't go there. Uh, if you're feeling lucky, like I am, check that out along with the, the nerds blog. Thanks so much, my friend. Good talking to you. I got one more stadium complaint. This is not something that has to do with the team or how the stadium is run. It has to do with the fans. And I saw it a lot at the Bears game, and I'm starting to see it at White Sox games as well. I'm actually going to do this unrelated thing with baseball. This is an unrelated baseball thing that actually happens at the baseball stadium. And it's brought to you by the Village of Lamont. Want to experience downtown with real history, great eats and drinks, and green spaces filled with adventure? Visit the Village of Lamont, shop, dine, drink, explore, and see all they have going on this weekend and beyond. Uh, I think they're doing a, a pirate bar crawl through Lamont. Dress as a pirate and walk through Lamont. Uh, in a bar crawl, see more at lamontdowntown.com. Yar. It's the bathrooms. It's the bathrooms and it's the male bathrooms. The line at the Bears game was absurd to get into the bathroom. And I couldn't figure out, like normally the women's bathrooms are a mess, right? They're normally any other place you go. Like I just walk by and I'm like, sorry, ladies. Like we just move quicker, right? But the line was huge. And then I get into the Bears game. And I realized that the line ends basically at the door. Everybody's lined up and there's 20 urinals and everybody's lined up and they won't enter until a urinal opens up. Like back in my day, and I'm sorry, I'm doing the back in my day thing. There were troughs. When I was a young whippersnapper. Right. There were troughs at the ballpark or whatever stadium. And then as a child, you had to kind of get in there and you were shoulder to shoulder with people. And when you were a child, if a tall man was standing next to you, there's a possibility that he was urinating two feet from your face, Eh, probably a half a foot from your face. Also, if you were a small child, if you're a dad, you would hold your kid up over the trough, let them piss straight down. So you're just knocking out two at once. Right. Exactly. You could do that as well. Right. I mean, like it was an experience, possibly a scarring experience, but it was an experience. And then as things progressed, and I know at the ballpark, they started putting urinals on the walls and the new ballpark, they had that you still lined up behind the urinal. If there were 20 urinals, there were 20 lines and you just picked one. You're like, oh, that one's only got two people in the line. That one's got four. That's the shorter line. If you were unfortunate enough to get behind a guy who just has a little bit of stage fright, then sometimes you pick the wrong line. But eventually, you worked your way through the line. And what happened was everybody filed in, everybody moved quicker, everybody got out of the way, and you were done. But now you're stretched out onto the concourse. And I've started to see this at the ballpark on the lower levels at, at the rate where for some reason, men don't want to stand behind other men while they're, while they're going. We've become so like, I don't know. I don't I don't even know what the word is. We're, we're, I don't know if it's overly kind or just nervous around each other. I, I don't get it, but you used to just get into a line, work your way to the urinal and leave. And now you got these crazy lines that go out there and block everybody because nobody wants to go and get behind. They want one single file line. You see what I'm saying? 
Like, I mean, I understand the reasoning. I understand the reasoning of I'm trying to be fair and, you know, I'm the next person. So I want the next available urinal. But if everybody just did it the way we used to do it, I think it would move quicker and you wouldn't have these ridiculous lines out there in the way of everybody walking down the concourse. You're going to get into a line and a checkout line and you might get the one person who's still paying with checks. You might get somebody who's going to pull out and look for exact change. It's going to take them an hour to find a dime. But at least, you know, you pick the line and you kind of guessed. You looked at the cart and everything. So, yeah, you look for the guys. You know, if you see a guy that's kind of looking around nervous, you don't necessarily go behind that guy because you're figuring he might have the stage fright. If you got the dad with the two little boys, you don't do that because it's going to take all three of them a while. They're gonna, you're getting a three for there. So y- you kind of you picked your line, you, you, you got in line, and you waited. And if yeah, if you didn't get the next urinal, say la vie, man. That was you made your choice. And you got out when you got out. And again, you know, it did kind of make you long for the days of the trough when you would really consider that going to the ballpark meant that you had a pair of ballpark shoes that were just going to always have a faint odor of urine and beer on it. (laughs) Listen, you said it perfectly. The registers, the registers at a store. That's exactly how it should work, right? Can you imagine if you're at the Mariano's or the Jewel that like, like w- there was a line that stretched down aisle 10 and wrapped around the aisle 11 next to the bread because everybody was waiting for the next available cashier instead of lining up at the individual cashiers. That's exactly what it's like. Like that's what it's become now going to a male bathroom at a sporting event in Chicago. Like it's really, really strange. It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. And, and they're all express lanes. Let's be honest. It's not a bunch of like regular lanes. Most of the lanes, the urinals, are actually the 10 items or less line, right? So just get in there. It doesn't take that long. The ones that aren't 10 items or less are the actual are the actual toilets. Yeah. Right? So you have all these little express lanes everywhere. Pick an express lane and get in it for crying out loud. But but the one thing the one thing you don't do, the one thing you don't do is like in the express lane, sometimes sometimes you'll sit there and like, all right, I got all my stuff grouped in the basket. And I know what I'm, I'm going to, you know, this is going to go on first, this, 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 and I get myself organized. And you pull out your wallet and you got the card ready, you got the cash ready. If you're in the line, you can't quite get ready to go while no, you you're still standing you gotta, in line. You got to keep just whipping out and holding on to it. You got to keep the wallet in your pants in this line until you get up to the front. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on socksinthebasement.com.